Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar. You with me, Tim Roger, my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you feeling after that performance? Uh, I'm sure it's a lot better. Yeah, much better. Um, I mean, we hoped that we would get a reaction. We hoped that we would see the real Josh Allen and he would rein it back in. And that's exactly what we got. I thought he played um, much more smartly, um, made good decisions, and then everything flowed from there. I mean, we said last week that if you took Josh Allen out of the equation, there's an awful lot of good stuff to um, to be excited about for the Bills this year. And we got that plus Josh Allen um, in, in, I would say he was unadventurous, but he was controlled. And um, yeah, it mm. felt great, didn't it? I mean, we demolished the Raiders really, apart from that first uh, first couple of drives. It was a, it was really one-sided and um, I think they were shown up to be a very limited team, the Raiders, but the Bills, I thought, played Really, really good, smart football, good play calling, good individual performances. It was just great all round and really enjoyable. I was lucky to be able to get down to the Fitz, the Fitzrovia Bell in London to watch it with uh, Bill's Mafia, which was packed out, and uh, the atmosphere was great. It was just, um, yeah, I, I was buzzing all of Monday after that. What about you? Yeah, yeah, no, obviously, um, you know, for me, um, watching the game, you know, I have to admit the first couple of possessions that. Um, it was a worry, you know, wasn't it? The first couple it was of a drives, worry at that yeah, point. obviously how uh, how the Raiders um, they had the first drive right of the game, and um, yep. they just went down the the, the field seventy five yards on five plays, scored their touchdown, and just for the lack of effort, I felt like from Tredavious White to get off his block and make that tackle on Devontae Adams, who's an amazing player. I think uh, the game that game reminded you of that, considering he's their only like real. Like um, wide receiver Jacoby Myers being out, like he's still able to be super productive against our, you know, uh, better than most secondary. So, um, yeah, that that first drive was like, okay, that was quite easy. And then obviously for free in and out, and you heard a booze and stuff. It's like, oh god, here we go. You know, this is going to be uh, again not as straightforward as uh, we'd all like. You know, typical Bills fashion of uh, making it a little bit difficult than it should be. But I felt like, um, you know, Raiders second drive, the third drive of the game, as soon as Terrell Bernard made that interception um, and we got our groove back on on offense. Like, yeah, we just felt like we were in control um, all game. And I don't know about you, but the second half, I feel like whenever the Bills, because it happens a lot as well, but whenever the Bills play these types of kind of substandard opponents and, you know, we're in control in the second half, that, that second half is always a bit of a haze. Like I'm more focused a little bit on the like red zone and other matches and the game. And I kind of like, you know, sometimes I miss a play. I'm like, what happened there? And you know, yeah. <laughs> do you get like that? I imagine um, that fits. It must make it quite I, I don't know, challenging. I, as well. I felt like I was really into this game. Play, play to yeah. play. Yeah. Um, and, and I know exactly what you mean. And, and sometimes you can kind of just becomes a foregone conclusion and you start to kind of get distracted by other things. But um, yeah, that's it. And it, it's the same with our soccer, isn't it? Like, yeah. If, if Man City, you must feel like that. Man one sided. Yeah. 4 0 up at half time, then. Yeah. You, you, know. you enjoy it in a different way, don't you? It's more of a party yeah. at that point. But uh, no, I felt like I was kind of dialed in on this this game pre. It's mm. funny, you know, it's good in, in the fits. People really are, you know, they're well able to watch the football and then, you know, in between plays and timeouts and ad breaks and everybody yeah. starts chatting, of course. But, you know, when the football's on, people really pay attention. In fact, even sometimes it goes a little quiet as people are watching the football. Um, and then it gets all really loud as soon as anything exciting happens. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I thought it was great. It was a really nice performance. It was exactly what you want to see out of a 
you know, that sort of mismatch. And um, I know I've quoted this before, it's been a bit of a broken record, but it reminded me a lot of that Saints game on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago where Josh dialed it back, he dinked and dunked. I think uh, Dawson Knox scored a couple of touchdowns. It was just a really controlled performance and one that took advantage of, of the opposition's weaknesses. And um, I think when the Bills play like that, honestly, I don't, I don't think many teams can beat them. I, I just think that uh, the weapons that the, now, the Bills now have pass catchers, the running back room, his defense looks really good again. Um, yeah, again, you're really cautious in the fact that it's only the Raiders, and I think you think they are a very limited team. But if you look at the, the box scoring, you look at what Josh Jacobs did, who's yeah, really a top-tier running back. Um, mm. They completely controlled him. Um, and yeah. this is a pro bowler. And, and you know, and this was the one concern we had about, you know, maybe Terrell Bernard and run defense. And it wasn't one at all. In fact, it was a real uh, negative for the Raiders. So, yeah, I think there's an awful lot to be pretty positive about, to be honest. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into takeaways in a minute. Um, I was just going to quickly just summarise the game. So the Bills won 38-10. Um, the box score backs up that score. So the Bills had 450 total yards, which was 210 more than the Raiders. Bills won the turnover battle 3 to nothing. Um, and 29 first downs versus uh, 13. So uh, a huge disparity in all of those uh, stats there. And uh, you could definitely tell on the field, like the Raiders in every single department were second best. Um, and we started off the last episode, clearly the Jets loss. And that was all on Josh. We were talking about Josh as being the main subject of why we lost that game. And you, you've alluded to it, you know, he was really efficient in this game. Um, in 37 pass attempts, 31 was uh, completions, 274 yards uh, in, in the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked only twice. I just wanted to ask you kind of what did you think contributed to that performance? What, what helped Josh out? Um, and where are you now on a panic scale? So where were you at the end of a Jets game and where mm-hmm. are you now? In terms of Josh, yeah. So I'm not really on. I wasn't really on the panic scale um, after the Jets game. Just would you say because, it was like out of a ten? Like yeah, I would say it's more like or... a, like a two or a three. Mostly because we've okay. seen him. We've seen him come back from bad games like that. And then usually, I think mentally he's a very strong guy. People say, "Oh, he seemed really down after the game." That's not a good sign. I know. I think that a lot of what Josh does is for the cameras. And I think um, you know he needs. He knows that he needs to be seen to be down on himself after a game like that because then the alternative is is worse when we're press reaction but he's a very confident guy and um i thought it was interesting in the press conference he said that he sat down with mcdermott they'd gone through the game and it's just the two of them and i imagine that was an interesting conversation you know mcdermott um, obviously respects the hell out of josh allen but i think that uh it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow for josh to see how that game played out against the Jets. So maybe if I was if I was at three then and maybe at a one, it's because we've seen him come back from these before. He's a very mentally tough guy and he, he does come back and he mm-hmm. has had some really stinkers of a game, that second half against the Texans, for example, in the playoffs. And, um, you know, he, he comes back and he comes back stronger usually. And it, it, he sees it as a learning opportunity, the sort of growth mindset stuff that Sean McDermott talks about. And um, I thought it was a very well-controlled game. So I think you, know, first, you asked about what, what contributed to it. Um, yeah. Firstly, is that he got the ball out quick, 
and there was a very deliberate mm-hmm. game plan. Um, he sensed pressure better. He made good decisions, and you saw the amount of attempts and the completions that this was a little bit game plan just to get him in rhythm and get the ball out quickly. I thought some of his short passing was much better than we've seen in the past. You know, sort of those little floaty passes out to James Cook, which perhaps in the past he's not not done very well at, and um, they seem to be much better. Maybe that's the elbow that's that's now in now full strength, but. I don't know. I'm not sure he was ever very good at those, but now, now he seems to be um, taking us on quite comfortably and just gives us more options. So I think the scheme, the defensive scheme was very good. I mean, I, I haven't been through the old 22, but those people that have say that, you know, Spencer Brown got quite a bit of help. Either it was, um, you know, people, people, uh, like like Dawson Knox giving him a bit of extra help or the, or the way that the scheme works, allowing the, uh, <clears> the guard inside him, Osiris Torrance to come and give him a bit of extra help. Yeah, I don't think Spencer Brown won every rep, far from it, but the Bills anticipated it. They put a smart scheme in place. Josh got the ball out quickly. We also saw, I think, a really well-rounded running game. Uh, James Cook came to the party. I thought it was one of his best games as a Bill. That combination of things um, was awesome. Um, So, yeah, what it gives me hope for when we're dealing with these really high-end pass rushers that we can compensate for you know, some, some iffiness at right, right tackle. Mm, yeah. I was just going to um, say echo kind of the same thing. So obviously I feel like, and I said in the last episode, like they were trying to implement that run game on early downs against the Jets front. They weren't successful with it. That's where we started to see the problems and the cracks uh, starting mm. to Josh, uh, come into Josh's game. I think uh, obviously in this game, it was awesome. Uh, the run game and uh, there's clearly a formula there um, which helps Josh and it's not specific to the Bills clearly if you do these three things um, you're going to be a a, a very good offence but if you run the ball effectively and efficiently on early downs um, play better in pass pro you're going to have very good pass protection all game and have that quick game so it doesn't allow for any pressures um on the quarterback, then you're just going to see a more efficient, less error-prone Josh Aaron, uh, Allen. That's what we saw yeah. against the, the Raiders. And again, you know, the Raiders, I think it was a perfect get-right game. You know, if you take away Max um, Crosby, you know, that's one of the worst uh, pass-rushing fronts in the league. And overall, piss-poor defence, to be fair. So it was a great game to, to, to kind of have straight after the Jets. The Commanders will be uh, a lot more difficult and challenging from that perspective, which we'll get into uh, after we finish this uh, review. But um, yeah, and, and with me, from from the panic scale, I've probably gone from a six to a three. Um, I'd like to see it again if he plays well against the Commanders and their defensive front and, you know, plays smarter, gets the ball out quicker. Yeah, that'll, that'll probably go down to a 2 1 again. Um, I think it's just because we saw what we saw second half of last season play us. And in that game, it's like, oh, Christ, in my mind. Like, I always knew that, you know, he had the ability to get back and, you know, have this type of performance. He's done it so many times before, but I just needed to see it once yeah. to kind of <laughs> know still there. me a little bit. Yeah. So in terms of um, the takeaways, I think you kind of went through a, a number of them before, but do you have anything else yeah, you want to bring up? Yeah, I thought that Gabriel Davis was was awesome. I thought some of the catches he made were some of the best catches I've ever seen from Gabriel Davis. So um, it looks like what we, we we heard about in training camp and what we saw in the preseason um, isn't a coincidence. This is a new and improved uh, Gabriel Davis. It was good to see that the target's being spread around. Um 
I also thought there was a couple of plays where it really looked like Dalton Kincaid was taking another step, getting a bit more yards after catch. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, all round, it was a really good all round performance. And um, yeah, I'm, I continue to be surprised and delighted by just how solid Terrell Bernard seems. Um, you know, we were yeah. expecting that liability. It, tougher tests will come, but I think mm. that. Well, we'll come on to some of our awards and unsung heroes and I'll raise it, but I thought the defensive tackles were were really, really good. And I think that stifled an awful lot, that run game. And it took a lot of mm. pressure off the linebackers, which is exactly what we wanted. Mm. Yeah, you kind of stole quite a number of mine just even in that couple of minutes you were talking. So, Turbanar was going to be mine as well, playing better than we all thought. Mm. Um, you know, in training camp, he was very up and down. He got the hamstring injury, so we never saw him in preseason. And it always seemed Tyrell Dodson was going to be that guy, but um, you know he, he's not made any any impact in terms of um, this. Clearly, Tyrell Bernard's been been um, middle linebacker one, and he led the team with six tackles, one pass defense, as well as a, one interception. Um, because of how Matt Milano has raised the bar even higher, which is mm. scary in itself. Yeah, the fact that was playing at a first-team all-pro level, and he seems to have even gone up another notch, which I don't know how that was possible, to be fair. If he said to me, you know, is, is there more, you know, does Milano have a higher scene? I would have said, no, it's capped here because he's a first-team all-pro. But it's, it's it's phenomenal just kind of how he's played the last two get the, the first two games of this season. So, so I was just thinking about this as well, because I actually didn't expect this. And I thought, Milano, when you hear him in interviews, he's kind of quiet. You know, he's going to be asked mm. to take more of a leadership role, you know, with um, Tremaine Edmonds being out um, and to bring on another another linebacker. How how well is this going to work? I, mean, I was even kind of fearing a slight Matt Milano regression just because he'd have more on his plate and he'd be asked to do yeah. a little bit more. And in fact, the reverse has been true. And, you know, you see this sort of in all walks of life. Some people respond to, to, to responsibility better than others some people wilt under it and some people thrive under it and i think that what we're seeing is yeah. that matt milan is thriving on the responsibility that he's been given and wow that's scary for the rest of the league and you know it's not just bill's mafia that notices this he's really getting noticed at the national yeah. level as well everybody sees him as this this guy is one of the best linebackers in the league now and former fifth round pitch pick out of boston college is just well outperforming his his uh, expectations year after year incredible stuff mm. and with Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano, how they're both playing together, um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Bob Babbage, who's the middle uh, the linebackers coach. He was the uh, safeties coach. Obviously, Mike Hyde and Jordan Poyer um, over the years have uh, performed fantastically. And um, he's come in and his stock continues to rise, it feels like. And he's going to be one of those candidates potentially for, you know, defensive coordinator job mm. next year. Hopefully we can keep him in, in-house. But it makes me feel like, you know, maybe that was something that wasn't considered in the off-season when, you know, we, we drafted uh, Dorian Williams and we drafted Terrell Bernard the season before. Like, you know, maybe they had this plan that they wanted to get these younger guys in the building that, Bob Babbage can work with and, you know, develop and, you know, just get them playing better, you know, get the most out of them. And I feel like, yeah. you know, that that's really true here. And, you know, Dorian Williams, maybe next year, you know, we'll see more of him and he'll come in and, you know, have a similar type of impact that Terrell Bernard's come in when we're playing more base packages, you know. So um, you mentioned about the D-line. Um, 
it was weird. Like I was looking at the stats after this, and it, I was surprised to see we didn't get any sacks. It it didn't feel like that. I felt like um, you know, there's a couple the time, of takedowns. Right? Yeah, yeah, in waves. And I remember Garoppolo being taken down, but I was watching the highlights back. And there was a few that were like one yard gains, and it was nearly a sack, but it wasn't yeah. quite a sack. Greg it was disruptive, so wasn't them. it? The and, level of disruption was really yeah, high. They're absolutely. always in his face, and um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And there's obviously a lot of talk. Just my last one. Um, I was going to say, obviously, the O line played well and they played better, but as I said, it's too early to tell if it's true improvement in my mind. Um, the commanders is a better test. So I just want to mention that. Obviously, people have talked about Spencer Brown, you have earlier. Um, clearly seems to, you know, have played better than what we kind of thought that level would be, um, maybe at the start of the season. But um we'll he's just got to keep building on it. Uh Spencer Brown specifically, but this overall, this O line, this command is going to be a real big test. So I'll have more thoughts, I think, of the O line when we come to uh after the Commanders game. So, awards now. So, game MVP, who have you got? So, it was kind of tempting to... Well, there's a few candidates. I've gone for James Cook. I mean, I yeah. could have gone given it to, to Josh Allen. I could have given it to Matt Milano for that incredible interception. But um, yeah. I've gone with James Cook. I think it's his best game as a Bill. Uh, we got to see his, his uh, outside speed. Um, I think the key difference I hadn't seen from James Cook before this Sunday was that he was getting hard yards. He was getting an extra four yards when you thought he was down and he did it at two or three times. And I thought, yeah, this guy is, he's now really working for it and he's not the biggest back, but those extra hard yards was really a game changer. I think it, it just shows that his tenacity is, is there. Um, I just thought he was a real problem throughout the game. Um, and I think <laughs> that his breakaway speed and the way he can get to the edge, it's, it is noticeable how much more dangerous we look with the ball in hand. And when you compare it to a David Sing- Devin Singletary, <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's not a day, isn't it? When you're watching James Cook versus Devin Singletary, absolutely. And I'm glad that you know they made the moves in that <clears throat> running back group, and you know James Cook has been elevated as running back one. He was my game MVP as well. Just an absolute joy to watch. 159 total yards in the game. <clears throat> um, 17 attempts uh, rushing the ball for 123 yards, 7.2 um, yards per carry. Uh, caught all of his receptions, or sorry, caught all of his targets for 36 yards. Yeah, as you said, just, just a great performance. And, um, you know, he's my breakout candidate for this team uh, going into this season. I said that he's going to be one of these guys that could easily break the top 10 um, of running back for all purpose yards and I still believe that you know you see this kind of performance you you see kind of how they're trying to lean into the run game as well and they're doing some different things you're seeing you know more duo blocks and you know bringing guards and pulling them across the the line and you know picking on you know more favourable sides um, of the defensive formation as well like more you know more duo duo, um, just just being able to use them uh, in more ways. So it's a, that's a really yeah, good it's, point. It's actually. really exciting to watch him. And I think that that's maybe why I feel even more positive about this game than um, perhaps we would have done. You know, right. Yes. You're supposed to smash the Raiders if you're a Super Bowl contender, but why, why do we mm. feel so good about it? I think it's because the amount of ways that the bills can win now, you know, they can, it, they can look dangerous in the run game without rushing Josh Allen. They could rush Josh Allen. 
they can they can attack underneath and hit and dink and dunk all the way down the the field and and what put 11 play drives together and take whatever it is seven minutes or something they can hit you over the top they can basically attack you in so many different ways and i think you raise a really good point is that now that running game is is is, is ticking it just makes it so mm. hard to defend against and it doesn't matter who you know every yeah defense is going to have a weakness and this bill's offense has got the tools now to find it and exploit it yeah no definitely um offensive and defensive plays of a game start with defensive uh, i think i know what you're going to have here it's going to uh, be the matt milano pick right <laughs> it's just yeah, insane no, i don't know incredible uh, yeah that created a massive reaction in the pub as you might imagine there was a lot of people went up when yeah. that happened it was uh that was just insane i don't even know what to say about it it was just incredible play on the ball can I just ask what was uh, Beck's reaction specifically to that? Our, our friend Beck, who's, um, you know, co-chair, is that right for the London Bills backers? Yeah, she's group, another, v- she's another, another one of the VPs. One. Yeah, another one of VPs um, yeah. for, the, for the London Bills backers. Yeah, as you might imagine, she was uh, yelping and screaming and uh, giving it. <laughs> Not on the that. table, no, I can no, just but, imagine. No, no. She may have been no. on the chair, I don't remember. But yeah, she was certainly very excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, no, it's incredible, wasn't it? Just, uh, you know... The guy's body's in the way. I don't know how he how tall is Matt Milano to do it, and you know, I mean, how tall is he? Is he just going to reach? He's not over overly the top tall. Of him? No, he's he? not a massive like dude. Six is he? Foot. Six foot two or something? Maybe I don't know, but he's not no. massive. Oh, in terms of um, offensive I don't think play, he's even six foot two. Is he not really? Uh, I don't know how he. Well, I mean, I guess Josh Jacobs isn't the tallest, is he? That was the the player he was up against. Just an incredible play on the ball. Um, you know, so while you're looking up his yeah, height, he's six foot. Six foot. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that was even more impressive. <laughs> um, I think the offensive player of the game, I don't know if we're going to be different unless it was the touchdown pass to Shakir. I just, <laughs> I was insane. I don't know how Josh did that. I was, a, I mean, I have this debate. People may remember um, a friend of the podcast, Meg coming on last year to talk about the Green Bay Packers. And we were taught, I often talked to Meg about, you know, who's the best quarterback you know ever. And, you know, she, she obviously <laughs> thinks it's Aaron Rodgers. And we talk about the various different strengths, but I thought, Josh last week against the Jets where he had that little pitch pitch pass out and um to Latavius Murray and then this week with that sort of sidearm into Shakir, it just didn't look like it was possible. These are sort of Mahomes levels of creativity. You know, we've always known that that, that Josh could nail it into a tight window and hurdle over people and play it <laughs> throw the ball when he's in midair, but we're seeing this sort of subtlety, these these more creative passing uh, options coming into his game and it just it's just unbelievable if he's as, as he's getting even better. I know did you do you have the same play in mind? No, I didn't actually. So, ah, okay. um, yeah, we've been chalked so far and we've uh, both kind of been aligned with our awards. But this one for offensive player went for the Gabe Davis touchdown catch just because, yep. um, you know, it's a very physical play. You know, he had two guys kind of earmark marking him and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, in pursuit of him. Uh, he's he going to get nailed and he did and he was able to still make that catch. Um you know, you talked about it, and uh, you know, Gabe Davis. He, he could have easily been game MVP himself. He had a yeah. really strong game, and um, yeah, it's just good to see that kind of second wide receiver. I want to kind of see that consistency uh, across. You know, more than just the odd game here and there. I want to see. You know, he always had the volume, but whether he has the consistency of his hands or you know, the hands the have been better, haven't they? The, the separation um, and the hands, have yeah, been better, and he's retained that bulk to to go up against contested catches. So, 
yeah, it's great. Yeah, so hopefully he's turned the corner. You know, as I said, you know, him being a captain, you know, I was surprised by that at the start of the season, but I shouldn't be surprised based on how highly we know the Bills, um, you know, think of him. And yeah, who knows? He could even get an extension past this season. I think it's not out of the question. Um, unsung hero, who, who have you gone for in this one? I went. I went for Dequan, Dequan Jones. Um, you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're smiling because you probably chose the same dude. Um, I thought he was yeah. one of one of his most disruptive games. He seemed to be in the backfield quite a lot. Um, which isn't yeah. always that guy. He's sometimes the guy is sort of holding the floor to allow Ed Oliver to to get the penetration. But I thought, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was super impressive. And um, another, yeah, that was a fantastic. Um, uh, a free agent signing that wasn't wasn't it Dequan Jones and I've really been really happy with mm. him since just hope that we can keep him fit throughout the season because we're going to need him yeah um, I thought you'd go for Dequan Jones just because you mentioned him before I thought mm, that was a potential breadcrumb for this kind of award you know Dequan Jones he doesn't get any you know he never fills out the, the stat sheet but you're never going to when you're one tech you know ultimately in this game the box score is he had one tackle for loss and one quarterback hit, but you saw him and I was watching him. I watched the game back earlier and I was watching him and, you know, although, you know, he's not getting pressures and that kind of thing, he's, you know, eating up the double teams. He is still pushing his guys back and having an effect on, on the quarterback and, you know, allowing the other guys to kind of thrive. So, you know, he's just one of those guys that does, does all the um, dirty work and, Mm. um, you know, might not get to all the plaudits, but uh, yeah, he's certainly uh, an important part of this defensive front, and he's an important reason as well. Whilst why we um, held Josh Jacobs uh, to negative yards, which actually leads in quite nicely to surprise of the game, because that is my surprise of the game. I feel like from a, a Bills perspective, everything that happened you could have expected to happen before the game, except for holding Josh Jacobs, who was the rushing leader last season, to negative yards. You know, um, you know, it was just complete, yeah, dominant. He certainly wasn't helped out by the O line, like the Raiders O line. Yeah. They just did not hold up at all. He, there wasn't any lanes for him. They weren't clearing out halves. You know, so it was difficult for him. But just still, yeah, he, he's he. I think he's got like the highest like kind of yards after contact in the league as well last season. So even if he is, you know, even if we're able to get the backfield and you know get our hands on him, you know, he's still able to usually get positive yards in those situations against other teams. But it's just a testament to how well we played, really, um, for me. So what was your surprise of the game? I kind of mentioned it already, which was Terrell Bernard. Yeah, another really solid, solid performance. Obviously had the pick. Um, I just, I didn't expect this level of performance. I hoped it might be in there somewhere, but I didn't certainly didn't expect it so soon, especially without the preseason, given the injury. Um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy to be wrong. I, I you you know well that I was completely mystified by this pick. Um, I wasn't sure what they had in mind. Obviously, this is what they had in mind, and um, it's uh, great to see it working so well. And I'm fascinated to see how it holds up against uh, some of the other rushing, uh, yeah, the other rushing uh, offenses that we play late in the season. But so far, so good, and it's just um, I'm super happy to be surprised and seem so solid and effective. Uh, I guess we move on to the Rex. Um, so I'm yeah. going to make this nice and quick because my Rex was Josh Jacobs <laughs> and, the, and the Raiders running game. You're you surprised the game, so we don't need to go over that again. So what was your your, your Rex? Yeah, so you couldn't pick anyone from the Bills because no one from the Bills, in my mind, had a even an average game. Everyone was at least solid. 
if not good, if not very good, if not elite. So I went for someone on the Raiders as well. And my, my Rex was just Josh McDaniels himself. You know, he's, you know, obviously he's been the Patriots longstanding offensive coordinator. He's been there for two stints. He, he, he flopped as the Broncos head coach back in the, what was it? Late noughties, early, early tens. And he, um, yeah, I just felt like it was uninspiring, you know, kind of the the, the play calling. You know, he's maybe yeah. this offensive genius guru um, that you know it's all very vanilla, Tom wasn't Brady it? win all these Super Bowls, but it was all very vanilla. And you look at, and I don't know he's not ultimately, you know, the only one responsible for this. But you look at their roster, and it's so it's such a weird roster. Um, there's no. I don't think I've said it before, but there's like no connection between kind of the moves and what they're trying to achieve. It's very difficult to understand. Um, so I'd be surprised if he's still a head coach in next year. I think that, you know, uh, the Raiders are quite an impatient organisation. They'll probably be bored from it. So just him, I just thought it was just so uninspired. And, you know, even though they beat the Broncos, I can only see them kind of winning six, seven games. And yeah, they're just going to be a poor team this season. Cool. So, shall right. we just uh, talk about our bets? I think yes. that you had a pretty good weekend. Yeah. So, um, I didn't get a chance to put them out on the socials, but uh, did the sort of, uh, well, I, yeah, all the ones that we were kind of talking about pretty much. I'm um, just pulling up my old uh, Betfair account so I can run everybody through them. But yeah, this was um, a good week. Uh, in fact, every single bet that I made on the bills came in, <laughs> which, was, uh, which was nice. Uh, do you want to go through yours just while I uh, find mine? Yeah, so I've got mine up. So what I've done is I kind of went for one that is a shorter odds, which is more likely to come off than the others. Like I try and uh, my approach sometimes, some weeks is like go for kind of um, low risk, high reward type uh, bets and have like a big bet which would cover them. So if that comes in, it's kind of almost like you know for free free chances at some good odds. So what I went for my main bet was James Cook rushing yards. It, the line was forty seven and a half. I said um, that I'd go for it kind of even if it was at fifties in um, the last episode. And obviously he got what one hundred twenty three. So he he blew that out of the water. And then my speculative ones was Trent Sherfield anytime touchdown at fourteen to one. I know he's not had a target and he didn't have a target against the Jets, but I know he's come in a lot for that kind of, you know, run heavy personnel. I thought that there might be a play action opportunity for him near the red zone. That obviously didn't come off. And then Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams to both have 100 plus receiving yards each at six to one. That looked actually like pretty promising, especially in the first half. I said about Devontae Adams and especially at first quarter, I think he was at like 72 yards in, in the first quarter. But he didn't quite make it. Diggs had a slightly quieter game than normal, so that didn't come off. Um, and that was it, really. So uh, I kind of stayed. You know, I, I, I didn't lose money, didn't make money either. So um, what are you? What, what was yours? <laughs> I can't get in because, of course, I'm trying to join from a state where there is a betting restriction. Uh, so my app is not oh, all, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, it was mostly... Um, yeah, similar kind of stuff. So I think I had um, the over on Josh passing yards. I had the over on Josh passing mm. touchdowns. 
Um, I think I had a uh, James Cook. Oh, I, I had the Bills to score in every quarter. Um, that also came in. So I think I have four or five bets like that, and they all came in, which was which was great to see. So um, I thought the game plan was kind of was kind of going to be pretty obvious having what what happened to the Jets. So it was kind of relatively easy to pick out, you know, what you thought was going to happen. But yeah, it was nice. Yeah. To, uh, nice to get those. So I guess we should, mm. um, we should turn to our mm. Scottish friend, Scottish Phil, yeah. to um, hear what he has to say about the game. And uh, he's not been drinking this week. So uh, no need for my beat button, although I'm promised that that might change next week. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, let's hear what uh, Scottish Phil's got to say about his analysis. All right, um, all right, Charlie, how you getting on, lads? How's it going, Bills Mafia? Oh, much better this week, eh? A wee bit of ying to the yang of last week. Aye, so uh, a bit more sober this week, and unfortunately didn't get to watch the games live. I was too busy beating Cowboys fans at Top Golf. However, finally caught up with the game, and uh, yeah, more, much happier, much, much happier. I mean, I think it all started off with uh, the first snap, Big Eddie Oliver rushing right through. Putting Jacobs in his bum for a for a loss, which continued to be Jacobs' day, really, didn't it? Um, and minus two yards uh, rushing over uh, nine attempts, happy days. Um, yeah, and that first quarter was really the only bit of the game that was competitive. Really, I mean, obviously they, they scored quite quickly in their first possession. Um, I think the defense bit a bit quickly on on the play and just let Adams go against the current and quite easily got into got in. But uh, yeah, overall, just. Much much happier the whole way through through the team team. Uh, I thought Benford was excellent again. Uh, the the sexy Matt Milano with a Randy Moss effort was just incredible. I mean, close your eyes and that's just aubergine emojis all day long in it. Um, Bernard again, top tackler of the team two weeks in a row. Interception generally getting people in the in the right place. Um, spying things. Surprisingly impressed with how, how, how he's doing. Um, Spencer Brown, you know, much, much better. I think I caught 12, maybe 13 plays where we got a bit of help from um, from the chap inside him. But again, it just meant that Crosby was totally ineffective and the Raiders would be better off putting Bing Crosby on the park and maybe a bit more entertaining for their fans. Um, box The box score was a bit surprising at the end, though. I mean, it's the fact that we didn't get any sacks and the pressure seemed a bit smaller than what I recall watching live. I just felt that Garoppolo was always scrambling. Um, but I wouldn't know. I mean, we had 55 plays in the Raiders' half of the game during the match. Perfect. Josh Allen, lovely. That throw. Oh, that throw to um, Shakir for his, that first touch on that side arm. Absolutely incredible. Um Right, that's me over my two minutes. Sorry, boys. I've ruined your whole pod now. Anyway, go Bills. Yeah, well, there we go. Um, so there we have it. You know, much more yeah. family friendly this week. Um, so thank you, Scottish Phil. I was <laughs> going to say, save you me know, a lot of editing. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, because you sent it to me as well because you're traveling and stuff, and I expected it to be, you know, uh, obviously a lot more upbeat than it was against the Jets. But I was thinking, like, you hear, I've when I listen to Locked On Bills um, in the past, you always hear like Joe Marino say that, you know, after a Bills loss, you know, the listeners is like, you know, half than it is versus a win. Um, but I feel like that's going to be the opposite to us. And I feel like, you know, Phil's ranty, sweary, drunken yeah, messages that's what people are going to tune probably in for. Yeah. double the... Exactly, you know, maybe we need to put a timestamp on when he has his little rant. I did, um, I did last week. You know, yeah, just... I'll, I'll do that every week. Did you? Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah, realise that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, so... Um... 
It's a good idea. So I think you're right. I think it's going to turn into something that people are going to tune in for. So, <laughs> uh, and eventually, I think we'll definitely have to have him on a, a special podcast at some point. You know, yeah, we'll have to get him to join us. That'd be great. Uh, to, you know, I know he's to, to introduce down. himself firstly, and he'll be at the Fitzrovia Bell for the Saturday night. I think for uh, before the for the uh, London game. So uh, yeah, yeah. If you have people coming along to yeah. that, you maybe get a chance to uh, to meet Scottish Phil. But good friend of the podcast and a good mm. friend of ours and great to have him offer his analysis shall we uh should we move on to this commander's yeah. game then mm. yeah so i always ask well how how are we watching the game and you know you kind of alluded to it there that you actually in the us at the moment on work and uh you're actually planning to be at the game you've got tickets you've got a lot of social uh events and meetings happening uh before and after kind of around that weekend as well so just tell us what your plans are yeah, so um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm in US for work, and um, I'm going to be in Chicago next week. So I thought I'd come a little bit early, I'd take some meetings here, and then uh, yeah, head up to DC on Friday. Uh, I'm going to see some friends, and um, some of our mutual friends are going to meet up with for uh, yeah to get yeah. To see a bit of DC. Um, be be fun, really. So we've got to, there's an evening event on the Saturday evening with Bills Mafia. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Although it's, the weather's not looking great, and I believe it's not undercover, so it could be a could be a bit of a damp squib, literally. But I'll at least pop along for a little while. And then there's a uh, you know fans of Buffalo tailgate this on the Sunday morning before uh, before the game. You know where it's one of these where you pay a ticket and all your food and your drink is uh, is included. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've never been to um, nice. this stadium. Everyone tells me it's a bit of a dump, but you know having uh, watched our football in the in the in the 90s and been all over the place i don't know americans perceptions mm. of what a dumpy stadium is is a little different to what i've experienced in the past so <laughs> these things don't bother me at all yeah um but yeah and no, i'm looking forward to it i think yeah. it's going to be a really um, interesting game yeah and you know you say about the stadium but it's going to be a sellout they've already announced that obviously there's good vibes with the commanders um at the moment, I still feel it a bit weird calling them commanders. Uh, they should have just kept football team, shouldn't they? But uh, the commanders, yeah, sell out. And obviously, good vibes with them. New owner, 2-0 to start the season. So, uh, it's a potential banana skin. I think we kind of talked about that uh, in the off-season. Like, this isn't going to be an easy game. And, um, you know, when you look at this uh, commanders team, kind of what stands out to you in terms of, like, strengths and weaknesses? And how do we match up against those? So, yeah, it's one of those games that you feel the Bills should win, but and the, yeah. the, the commanders are sort of, they're not scary, but they need to be respected is the kind of the way that I'm kind of thinking about them is that they're not the absolute top tier mm. in the NFL, but they're, they're, they feel like a mid-tier team no. with dangerous weapons, players you, you need to respect, players that can cause you problems if you don't have a good game plan and you don't on your A game. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a defense like the Jets defense. Um, it's not an offense like a, I don't know Kansas City or, or Cincinnati when it, when it's firing. It's not at that level, uh, but they're kind of competent everywhere. And you look around their team, and it looks relatively solid. I do think they have got some weaknesses in the secondary at safety, and I'm not sure their cornerbacks are amazing. I think uh, Russell Wilson had some of them on toast um, over the weekend. But um, mm. I think in terms of matchups, the ones that you kind of worry about that does that, that defensive line. You know, um, uh, Montez Sweat, Chase yep. Young. These are these are players that haven't always performed at the best level. They're, they're top of the capabilities, but they're absolutely dangerous players. And that's two very dangerous defensive linemen who you know <laughs> could cause us problems. I think that 
what we what we know from the people that watched the All-22 of the, the Bills Raiders game is there was a lot of scheme work done to make sure that Spencer Brown didn't get um, isolated. Uh, and yeah. it's much harder to do that when you've got two top-end defensive linemen coming against you. If you've only got one, it's a bit easier. And, so. and, and it's not just... Yeah, and it, and it's not just them, Charlie. They're, they're, they're a, a true four-man front because Jonathan yeah. Allen and um, Christ, I'm doing one pain. They're both pro bowlers in their own, own right, especially Jonathan Allen. I think he's been like an all-pro kind of player, probably the strongest defensive lineman, uh, consistent anyway, over the last like two or three seasons. He's been an absolute superstar and just doesn't get the same hype as you know your Chris Joneses and Aaron Donalds, but he's he's been just below those guys like he's that good mm. so you know it's all well and good max crosby you know being able to kind of double team him triple team him uh, and make him ineffective but when you've got um you know tr- a true four man front you know there's going to be one you know you're going to have to be one versus one in certain areas and that does worry me a little bit um so yeah, yeah. uh yeah. i think that's, I that's think the biggest that we we're going to struggle with that yeah well i mean do you, do you think it's as good as the Jets' but, defensive line? It's very close. Yeah. Very close. In my because mind. what I would say is that I think if we Maybe, have executed the game plan that we had at yeah. the start of the game against the Jets and the game plan that we saw against the Raiders, I think if we do that, then that negates an awful lot of what you need to be worried about. If we can get the ball out mm. quickly, if we can um, lean on the run game, then I think... If providing Josh turns up with his in the right frame of mind, then it is something you can you can mitigate against. And we're going to have to, you know, you, you're going to come up against these mm. very difficult defensive lines from time to time. And our offensive line is is probably middle tier, but that's all it should really need to have to be mm. if if we can execute that game plan. So it's absolutely a worry, but it's not a worry yeah. that we've not overcome before. I don't think. Mm. Yeah, with the Jets, it was more that they have the depth, they're eight or nine strong, and I think they're schemed better, that the whole unit is coached better, whereas with the Commanders, if you take apples for apples with their you know, four-man front of the Jets versus the four-man front of the Commanders on paper, I'd say the Commanders actually have the better individuals. They might mm. just not play as well because they're not as such a, you know, not as co- coached as well as the Jets have been. So that is a worry to me. I still think, as you say, we can mitigate and that doesn't mean that we're, you know, we're going to automatically lose this game. Hell no. Um, but that that definitely their, their biggest strength. The other two that I hear, Mark, because I kind of go free strengths, free weaknesses mm. on this, if I'll just cover off my strengths. The other one, which you kind of had alluded to as a weakness, but I think the secondary isn't actually that bad. I think it's a sound unit. I think that, you know, they get quite a, lot of takeaways you know Emmanuel Forbes who's their 16th overall you know first round draft pick um you know he's only played two games um but he's played pretty well in those couple of games and he was a ball hawk he I think he returned like six uh pick sixes which led college football last year he's just an insane player um in terms of getting those takeaways um uh and also the running game I was going to say as well so Sam Howell um, he's a strong arm. He fires it in with no fear, and he's also got legs. And I think he's kind of like yeah, he does a little bit more elusive than a Daniel Jones. Um, but he's got kind of that speed, and he you've got to respect that. Um, and the Commanders' O line, I think, are 
which I'll get into one of the weaknesses. Um, their pass pro protection, I think, is pretty poor. But when I watch them against the Broncos, like they're much better going forward and run blocking than they are going backwards and pass blocking. Yeah. And we saw um, Brian Robinson having a massive game uh, against the Broncos. It kind of reminds me of Latavius Murray, a much younger... I like Brian Latavius Robinson. Latavius Murray. He's kind of hard to tackle. Yeah. He's hard to get down. He's a big-bodied guy. Um, 6'3", yeah. 220-pound guy. And he could catch it as well, you know. Um, he had uh, two 20-plus uh, yard receptions uh, against the Broncos. And I think that the running game as well, and I know it wasn't necessarily a strength for the Chiefs, but I think Eric Bieniemy coming in as offensive coordinator, I can kind of see those wrinkles and a few things that the Chiefs would do, you know, kind of like getting the, the running backs in the passing game, get them in uh, favourable matchups um, in space. Um, they had this really cool play where they set up a, a really nice screen, kind of waited for the Broncos to blitz one side and were able to kind of bide a little bit of time, feed it off to Robinson, tons of space ahead of him. So I think they do a good job kind of scheming, uh, you know, the the the, the running backs uh, passing the ball as well in Brian Robinson. Yeah. So they're the kind of ones I've earmarked um, I, as, I like, as strengths. What about weakness? Well, j- just on on those for a second. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I think that I think that secondary can be got at. I think if you look at the, some of the uh, long touchdowns that um, mm. Russell Wilson had against them, I mean these receivers way downfield getting a lot of separation out, out from the safeties and. Um, I think that if you look, watch Sam Howell, I think he's got an arm on him, uh, but he he hangs around in the pocket for a long yeah. time. He's a you know he's a, he's a sack waiting to happen, yeah. I think. And I think that <laughs> he likes the plays to develop. Yeah. He likes to get you know receivers wide you mm. know downfield. And I think that our our secondary is going to cause cause him problems. I think that he's not going to get that amount of um, time with our D line either. Uh, I think that yeah. I think it's a bad matchup for Sam Howe actually. And I actually quite like him as a quarterback, but I do mm. think that he, yeah. he hangs on the ball too long. He waits for plays to develop. And I think that our, our defensive backs are going to have him on toast. Honestly, I, I don't mm. think it's a real, real problem for him. I think they're going to have to shift that game plan. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just finishing off about how I, I did notice that myself. Like he's more of a, you know, he, he can't progress through his reads quick enough, and um, you know, if he holds onto the ball and he faces any element of pressure, he tries to escape. Um, when he doesn't have to, you know, he tries to like scramble out of a pocket. Sometimes he can, you know, there's opportunities to move up. Like Josh Allen is now able to do that. It's kind of the same, you know, issue with Josh in the first like couple of years where he was like bailing from pockets and kind of not hanging around sometimes. And um, somehow definitely is susceptible to that. He'll try and bail, you know, straight away as soon as he sees a little bit of pressure or, you know, even before he gets through his reads, really, which, yeah, does ca- cause some problems. Mm. There's a weaknesses. I, I says, said mentioned it, but when I was watching that Broncos game, the O-line, you, lo- you look at it anyway, you know, plays, and they've got no one that's, you know, even a plus starter, like pass protection, them dropping back, it was a really poor unit. And the Broncos unit uh, front is average at best, and, you know, they're able yeah. to get four sacks, eight, eight quarterback hits on... Um, on Sam Howell, and I feel like our front is a lot better than you know the Broncos. Without doubt. So yeah, without doubt. that's going to cause some problems. Uh, linebackers for me, uh, I feel like uh, Jamin Davis. He isn't a terrible player. You see why they kind of drafted him in the first round. He's he's kind of like a 
Tremaine Edmonds in in terms of the size and athleticism, but he's nowhere near kind of got the uh, intangibles and kind of knows where he's still very hot and cold. And I feel like we can attack them uh, in the middle of the field, which would lead to us having more success in that quick game. And then lastly, Ron Rivera. I just always felt like he's very cautious. He holds them back in certain situations. Uh, and I'm not sure he gets kind of 100% out of his team. Like he's a, he's a great guy. We all know his story. We all know he's very professional, and he's kind of probably you know he's probably that kind of head coach that the commanders did need at that time with Dan Snyder and everything going on, just kind of that stabilizing figure. But I feel like you know two and zero start. You know he might find a way of staying on for another year, but I think he's on board time. And just what it annoyed me more was the comments he's made in the last month about Sam Howe. Um, I'm not going to go through the exact quote, but basically he was saying that, you know, had I known this quarterback was this good, then I'd have played him earlier. And that was based <laughs> on the performance that he had in the season finale in week 18. So he's had him for for, for nearly a year at that point to look at. And he'd only realised, you know, who he had in the building um, in the last game of the season. And he was playing Carson Wentz, you know. So uh, I just think he's a poor or head coach, to be fair, and uh, I, again, I think he does hold them back. Yeah, so, he's bottom, bottom um, third, isn't he? That's for sure in the league. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe just a quick mention of Terry McLaurin, uh, John Dotson. I think Terry McLaurin yeah, is a, is a yeah. really good player, and if you give him uh, give him an inch, he will, he will, he, you know, he can he can hurt you. Um, I think these backs are quite solid, mm. as we spoke about before. So, I, I mean, I think it's all it's all defendable. Um, it's all strengths that play against Bill's strengths. I think in the main. This is a game we absolutely should win, but they do have weapons there. And uh, if the Bills are not on it, then 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 it is a, it is a potential balance game for sure. I actually think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. I think it is a good chance it becomes a bit of a shootout, mm. and Sam Howell has to kind of start slinging it. Um, you know, get ahead. Um, you know, take the the run game options away from him a little bit. I think it could be quite fun. Mm. Yeah. Um, shall we just go on to predictions and kind of what we're looking at for bets? Um, Let's go for bets. Kind of what what were you looking out for uh, in this game? How yes, I haven't been able to we'll, check we'll any of the markets to... at all. I'm afraid because no. my betting apps, and I, don't, I guess I, it will depend on what the rules are when I get to uh, to, to uh, Virginia, I suppose, and whether I can actually play some. But I'm currently mm. in Georgia, and it's, uh, it's certainly not allowed. But um, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like this one is a really tricky game plan because I feel like the Bills could attack them in so many different ways. It's hard to kind of uh, say, but I would be very interesting what the, the the line is for James Cook rushing yards because I, I do think the speed of James Cook and the uh, I think you're, you're right about their linebackers. I think you can potentially take advantage of them in the run game. I think they're going to want a very similar game plan to what we've just seen against uh, the Raiders. So I suspect that yeah. James Cook, I think, also think that we, I'm very interested to see what the line is on receptions for Kincaid. I think we've seen even progression across the two games that he's played, you know, starting to get a bit of yak. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, again, you can attack this uh, Washington team over the middle of the field. Um, I'm also kind of interested in what is a longest reception number for someone like Diggs or Davis. You know, sometimes they set that line at like 20 Mm -hmm. yards or something like that. I think later in the game, when perhaps the the commanders are chasing it, there could be a chance for us to hit them over the top and get something in the 40, 50 yard Mm. uh, category. So, yeah, those are the ones that sort of, uh, if I I can get place bets, I'll be looking at. Yeah. the Bills are favourites in this game by uh, seven and a half, which considering Commanders are 2-0, oh, they're playing at home in front of a sellout crowd. I do. I, I definitely won't be touching that. I think it will be a close game. 
Right, maybe I, it'll come down yeah. to a field goal. I don't like betting like any that. of those big numbers gaps. I just feel like the NFL's used you, you, something like, like yes. last week we talked about yeah. it, didn't we? I said that you know I predicted a you know two touchdown win, yeah. but something like that. But I didn't I didn't want to bet on it because the NFL has a chance has a habit of biting yeah. the backside when you when you have these big gaps. Um, and I, this this one feels the same. I said my score mm. prediction will be more than that, but I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, no, definitely. For me, um, you said about it, quick game over the middle. I've kind of earmarked Kincaid and Knox. Um, I did actually mention, I didn't bet on it, which I'm a bit gutted about, but I did mention the Dawson Knox to score a touchdown. That happened mm. last game. Yeah. Um, I might look at Kincaid because they looked at him. There was that play where Deontay Harty kind of got tripped up and kind of missed a play up and uh, the, the Raiders defender got a hand on it. Um, but it felt like um, had that have come off and Kincaid would have scored touchdown I think he would have scored a touchdown because it looked pretty open uh, and, and he's pretty elusive anyway for a tight end so I feel like uh, Kincaid could be someone that gets in the red zone uh, uh, end zone sorry for this game um, Diggs against Forbes like, I do like Forbes and I think that he will be a good um, cornerback I just feel like in a short intermediate areas you know he's able to probably um, outsmart him and you know break on on Forbes and, and, and come open um, in the short intermediate areas of the game. So I'd look at maybe Dick's targets um, as well. So they're kind of what I'm looking at in terms of bets, but we'll see what the markets look like when they come out. So okay. score prediction? Um, yeah, sorry. You got... Yes, I nearly forgot. And I haven't actually read it down, which is why um, I didn't bring it up just then. Um, I think it'll be quite close. I think that what do I go for here? Have you got one down whilst I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So I've, got, got I've gone for 28-17, um, which, you know, it's sort of counter to my mm-hmm. shootout ambitions. When I say shoot, I think that I think the Bills will get ahead and then I think the commanders will be chasing it and it might just, uh, you know, open up a little bit. But you, you can never sort of gamble on that, really. So 28-17 is what I've got. Um, I think the commanders will be competitive, but it will go away from them towards the end. Yeah, I'll go for... Uh, let's go. Uh, 27-20, I feel like, uh, would kind of be where I'm thinking. So I think that'll score a couple of touchdowns, a couple of field goals. Again, um, you know, the Bills' defence is definitely going to be stronger than the Broncos' defence. And the Commanders also had problems, obviously, against the, the Cardinals, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, fair enough for 2-0. and I think we'll still win this game. I think that we do have enough. I think even with that defensive line of the commanders, I think if we're able to, you know, uh, successfully win over the middle, that'll allow a quick game. Um, hopefully we'll keep that run game, uh, you know, a little bit stronger. It's going to be tough against this defensive front, but yeah, I do feel though we'll win. We've got enough and um, we're better in a number of areas and better than the commanders. Um and yeah, I'm going for the 27 to 20. So anything else before we uh, close so. up for today? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. And uh, yeah, can't wait to watch another Bills game. It's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, you know, when the Bills win, it really does make my week go, go better. <laughs> I just feel like I've got happier as a yeah. person. Uh, not that the kind of loss kind of destroys me. I'm not that kind of person. But um, when the win, it's such a buzz watching good Bills football. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's great, isn't it? So hopefully we get another more of that um, this weekend and sets up yeah. for, I think, what will be a very difficult game the following weekend against the um against the, the Dolphins. So, uh, yeah, if we can come yeah, out of this first four dude. four games, sort of three and one, I think we'll all feel pretty happy about that. But, um, yeah, two and two is uh, 
or some yeah. of the cards and we need to go and execute. So yeah, uh, I think uh, we've covered it all. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you ever so much for listening yeah, to uh, Bills from Afar. Um, if you want to get in touch, please do so. We are Bills from Afar on Twitter, billsfromafar at gmail.com on email. And uh, yes, until next time, go Bills. Go okay, Bills. <laughs>